All right, all right. Well, I'm very, very excited to be here with you guys. Um, like you said, I've actually been at Guts Church for 14 years, but originally I'm from a town called Hermiston, Oregon. So this is my neck of the woods. We were literally having a Hispanic barbecue two hours ago. So if I smell like, it's just what I smell like, and go to a restaurant, you can get the same food, okay? Not quite as good as my mom's, but not, but not bad. Um, thank you very much for having me out. Um, I got to spend a, a few days with Stephen here, and, and really, I met Stephen. He had come up from Tri-Cities, and he'd gone to Raymond. His uncle knew my brother. Was that the connection? So it, my brother told us, let's come to Guts, right? So he comes to Guts, and Stephen's a cool guy. He had a mane of hair. Everybody remember that? That's Stephen. You look at TJ, you can see it still, but that's Stephen. Still remembering. So I just remember this guy walks in, and I'm just thinking, this is my hometown. These are my people. And Stephen served faithfully. He did our internship program. He's been, an, you guys sent a very good example. Stephen, I mean, the kids loved him. The people at the church loved him. So you guys have done a great job with this one right here. There's a huge call of God on Stephen's life. And I hope you guys as a church see that. I'm very excited to see what God does through him. Well, let's pray, and, and I'll get started. Father God, we love you. God, we thank you so much for, for who you are. God, we thank you for Jesus, that in the next few moments that we would honor that name. God, that we would remember that it is the name that is above everything. God, that in the name of Jesus, everything else has to bow. Father, we love you so much in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm a graduate of Old Roberts University. I was planning on coming back home, and uh, I got involved at a church called Guts, and I just saw they were reaching people that nobody else was reaching, and I saw they were doing it a way that nobody else was doing. I thought, I want to be a part of that, and that was back in 2001. I came on staff about 10 years ago, and it's just been nightmare, motorcycle rally, and recently we started um, doing a Friday groceries outreach, and I saw that you guys are doing something similar anytime. I I I'm telling you, when we take care of the poor, it blesses God. If you have any opportunity or you have any chance to be a part of that, please do so. I mean, we started just giving out bags of groceries, and hundreds started showing up. I mean, we literally have a building that's just to take care of the poor in our community. That's what the building serves. We have a service there. We hand out groceries. Throughout the week, people can come in, and they can help serve. And it's just so amazing to get to take care of God's people. And I believe that's part of our call, that we got to remember that, that we can't ever overlook that. That we get around. So, but tonight I want to talk specifically about Joshua. And Joshua is a character in the Bible that, for some reason, has just always stuck out to me. I did an internship back in 1998 called, it was, it was a Teen Mania Ministries internship down in Texas. I'd never, I lived in Oregon my entire life. I was born in Yakima, Washington. I mean, this was my neck of the woods. But I knew that God was calling me to do this internship. And it was a huge step. I mean, it was it was a big deal. I was the only one in my family that was saved, and here I was. I'm going to move away, not to go to school, but to go do an internship. And, and I'm telling you guys, I remember taking that step, and it, it wasn't easy, but it's amazing how God blesses it when you finally are obedient to take that step. And I remember being there. I remember, I remember hearing about Joshua, and I remember thinking, this character is amazing. This is the character that God chose. This is the guy that God chose to lead his people into the promised land. That's a very big deal, the promised land. You had Moses, you had, you had some amazing people, but God chose Joshua to lead his people into the promised land. And I'm going to give you guys just a few characteristics of Joshua 
Because I believe there's a promised land in your life. I believe there's something in your life that you need to get to. There's a place, whether it's health in your body, whether it's the purpose of God, whether it's, there's something in your life that you need to get to. And I'm hoping these characteristics help you. I'm hoping you see one of these four things and you think, that's what I need. That's exactly what I need, Chano. I got to begin to do that. I got to begin to do that thing. And the very first thing, point number one, is what do you see? What do you see? In Numbers chapter 13 and verses 1 and 2, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So they're going to pick 12 men to go spy out this land that God has given them. You got to hear that. So, but he's picking leaders. He's not just picking any random. He's like, pick a leader from each tribe. So you got leaders that are being plucked out to go spy this land that God has given them. Please hear that. There are things that God has given you, and God is just wanting to show it to you. He's about to give it to you. But if you don't see it yourself, man, we can miss out. And, and here's what happens. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30 through 33 said, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. And verse 31 says, But the men who had gone up with him said this, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And it's just amazing to think, God, when Moses sent him out, he said, this, You're just going to check out the land that God's given you. So in my mind, I'm thinking, Why are they even saying anything about the people in the land? Because it's immaterial. There are things in your life right now that are immaterial to the call of God in your life, but you're allowing them to stop you. You're allowing them to, to hold you back from what God's called you to do. It says, we're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw giants. Now he's almost, they're, they're almost now instilling fear in the other people. And it says, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. And the whole reason this blows my mind is because they were just going to check out the land that God had given them. But they're too afraid now to go take the land because they couldn't see it. All they saw were giants. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? When, when God calls you to go do something, you have to keep your eye on that thing because giants will pop up. There are things that will pop up. And I'm telling you, if you, if you look at them long enough, you're going to think, can't do it. That's a giant. I'm a five foot six Hispanic, and that's a giant. This is not going to work, right? Like, how am I going to battle that? But it's all about what you see. Because those 10, those 10 saw giants, but two men did not. Numbers chapter 14, verses 6 through 9 says, But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of some name, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land, and he will give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Those other guys didn't mention how amazing the land was. The other guys didn't mention that that land flowed with milk and honey. Those other men forgot that it was a land that God had already promised them. It was their land. Hey, look, I'm giving you this car. Just go check it out. That's like walking around the car being like, it's too nice. 
man, it's probably going to go too fast. I, I don't even know where the keys are. No, 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 it's your car. It's your, I'm giving it to you. I can't take it. It's had too much. Insurance will probably be high. Whatever it is, it's just thinking, how do people miss out on what God's already given you? He's given it to you. Some of you guys in here got to remember that. There's something that God's already promised you, and you're missing out on it because you're looking at giants. Because you're afraid of the battle. You got to see the land. You got to see that it's good. You got to see that it flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Check that out. The Lord is with us. If you truly believe that statement, what can we not accomplish? If we truly believe that the God of this universe is with us, what can we not do? Literally, who could stop us? Who could stop us? But we have to believe that. Man, if we are people that cower to giants, we will never take the land. There are giants in Tri-Cities. There are things in this area that may slow you down or, or may make things difficult, but you cannot allow them to stop you because God has promised you things in this city. God has promised his healing word to people in this town, and they got to hear it. Somebody's got to be willing to step out and speak it. Somebody's got to be willing to let people know that they can be freed from addiction. There are people that are, that, that are suffering, and they don't realize there's a God that has set them free. They just need somebody bold enough to go tell them. They need someone bold enough to say, you know what? You can be free. You don't have to be stuck in this forever. You don't have to live that life any longer. But you got to be bold. You, you can't see giants. So what do you see? Numbers 14, verse 30 says, Except for Caleb and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. No one got to see the promised land except for the two men who came back and said, You know what? God's given it to us. It's our land. That pleases God. Do you guys know that pleases God? That you don't see the giants, that you don't see the circumstances, that you don't believe the report. Man, we believe, God, we believe what God's word says. That's what we stand on. Do you understand the world does not stand on the word of God? The world stands on whatever, whatever things flowing by, whatever's on the news, whatever comes, whatever they read on a blog. That's what they're standing on. We're not. We're standing on something that cannot be shaken. Do you understand the word of God cannot be shaken? It is true through and through. And, and, and just please, you got to see it. You got to see the promise of God. And you got to receive the promise and you got to live it. What are you seeing? Some of you guys for too long have been seeing giants. We can't do that in this city. I can't do that at my work. I can't do that with my family. It's too big. It can't happen. Wait, wait, wait. Has God promised it to you? Then absolutely you can see it. Then absolutely you can see it. So the first thing is, what are you seeing? Now the second thing is, who are you serving? And that sounds a little funny because I think naturally would say, well, yeah, I'm serving God. But I'm going to go a little bit past that. I'm going I'm to go a little bit farther because I believe truly, yes, first and foremost, we serve God. But let me tell you what the Bible says about Joshua in chapter 1, verse 1. It says, after the death of Moses, so Moses has passed, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. So the word refers to him as, in some it says Moses' aid or Moses' assistant. And I just think, why didn't it say like, you know, the, the, the guy who led his armies. Or, or why didn't it say, you know, the one who didn't see the giants, you know? Why didn't it say the one who, who believed God? But it says he was Moses' assistant. That's what he did. Joshua served Moses. 
He didn't do it for any specific reason. I mean, Joshua was just sitting there, and God saying, it's you now. You were faithful to serve Moses. I know you'll be faithful to lead my people. But a lot of us miss out because we're not willing to serve anybody. I'm telling you, when I got to Guts Church, I knew my job was to serve Pastor Bill Shear. I knew if God put something in his heart, I was going to do my best to make it happen. I, I'm going to do my best to rally people to make sure that it's accomplished. Why? Because I know if, God, if I can help somebody else fulfill their vision, that God's going to bring people alongside to help me fulfill my vision. But if I can't be faithful to another man's vision, how can God trust me with my own? So my question is, who are you serving? Man, there's some amazing people at this church that, that probably need some help in a kid's area or a youth area, or, or maybe it's the internship. And maybe God's kind of been tugging on your heart to, to, to do the garden internship, but you've been like, ah, that's kind of a big commitment. I know. But if you can see what's on the other side of it, I promise you it's worth it. I promise you it's worth it, but you've got you to be able to see it. And you got to be willing to serve someone else. It's not easy. It's not easy, but I'm telling you, it referred to Joshua as Moses' assistant. And we look at that word assistant, it doesn't feel very tough. It doesn't feel very manly. It doesn't feel like, man, you know what? I hope somebody calls me an assistant today. That's not what we're, that's, it's not the title we're desiring. But we do want to lead people into the promised land. We do want to lead God's people. But we're not willing to assist somebody else. I'm telling you guys, if you can grab a hold of that, God can do amazing things through you and this body of believers. But you have to be willing to serve somebody. And listen, for some of you guys, it may be in your workplace. And, and let me tell you this. I, I think we're looking for these like nice, kind, warm, fuzzy leaders. They, they don't really, they're kind of out there, but they don't really. So if I said, how many of you guys have a hard boss or how many of you guys have a hard leader that's over you? Most of you would be like, yeah, no. It's true, but it doesn't matter. I don't think Moses was always the kindest. I don't think Moses was always the easiest, but Joshua knew that's who he was supposed to serve. So Joshua stood with Moses. And so when Moses goes, everybody knows who's next. It says, and it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and this people, the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel, Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. So we love that, right? We love everywhere the sole of my foot treads is mine. We love that. But we don't love the Moses' assistant part. And you don't get to the everywhere your, your foot, the sole of your foot treads unless you are somebody's assistant. Unless you're willing to serve someone else. Until you're willing to say, it's not about me. Man, sometimes I think I have the greatest ideas. And I get a platform to bring them up. Do they get to happen? A lot of times, no. It doesn't matter. I'm serving someone else's vision. I'm going to be as faithful as I can. And I'm telling you, there's something amazing about that. But we want that place. We want to be to the place where everywhere the sole of my foot treads, I've given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. And the land, it's just everywhere. And in verse 5, this like as a man fires me up. It says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Could you imagine being Joshua? God has literally just said, everywhere your foot steps is yours. And then he says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Joshua, whatever, you, whatever you're going to lead my people. Everywhere, no one will be able to stand up against you. But just two verses before it said, 
He was Moses' assistant. And I believe that God could trust Joshua because he saw the way Joshua served Moses. And God knew that he would faithfully serve him. He knew that he would faithfully do whatever God asked him to do. Why? Because he had seen obedience in Joshua's life. He had seen Joshua be obedient. I'm telling you guys, that, that, that's the heart of God. Man, there's a verse that says he doesn't desire sacrifice, it's obedience. That's what he wants. He wants obedience. That, 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 that's, the, that, that, that's the heart of God. So number two is who are you serving? And number three is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Every big step, anything great you'll do for God, you're going to have to take a step of faith. There are some of you in here that have probably been standing and looking at the next thing, whether it's the internship or whether it's, you know, the, this new job or whether, whatever it is, you've been looking at the step and, and you're like, I can't. I can't do it. And I'm just here to tell you, don't be afraid. Because if God's called you to do it, you're good. If he's called you to do it, do you understand you're good? Like it's not going to be difficult. Like it's going to work out. Because you're just, all you're doing is being obedient. All you're doing is saying, yes, I'm not going to be afraid. Because we know in 2 Timothy 1.7 it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. So man, when you're all afraid about something, that's not God. Power, love, and a sound mind, that's our God. That's what he desires for us. And I'm telling you, the enemy wants you to be afraid. Because when you're afraid, you won't take the step. When you're afraid, you won't jump. You won't take that leap. When you're, I, I remember the first time I jumped off of a, it was, I don't even want to call it a cliff. It was like a 30-foot rock, whatever. I just remember thinking, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go. Like, I'm, I know you're all down there. When you guys come back up, I'm going to be up here. I'll have waters and stuff. Just come on back up, right? You got to do it, John. And I was just afraid, fearful, right? And, and I'm not the greatest swimmer, so they had a life jacket, and they were all waiting for me, and it's a little bit of peer pressure. But I'm telling you, when I jumped, it was like the most freeing moment of my life. And then I hit that water, and it was just like, I would have never experienced that if I would allowed fear to dictate my life. Now, I'm not saying go jump off like the biggest cliff you've ever seen. I'm just saying there is something about taking that step that just frees you. Because you've held on to whatever too long, because you're afraid. Because you're afraid. And listen, most of the time when we're afraid, it's because we're in the dark. I have children. I have four kids. And, and most of the time, if you turn a light on, it's like everything's better. There, I think I heard a noise. I think I heard something, you know. Turn a light on, boom, we're good. And usually it's the same way in our life. When we're afraid, it's because we've allowed darkness to cloud whatever that is in our life. And all we've got to do is turn on the light. And let me tell you, that light is God's word. If you're looking for, how do I turn the light on, Chano? Get in his word. Man, start digging in his word. If he's called you to do something, start digging it. Say, God, show me, show me, show me. Because it's there. It's not like he's hiding it from you. God isn't sitting there thinking, you know what? hope he finds it. Man, it's in there. I put it in there. Good. It's a very secret message. No, no, no. It's there. Man, it's there for you to find. It's there for you to grab it, but you can't be afraid. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance the lands which I swore to the fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. And I'm thinking, why does God keep saying that? Why, why does he keep having this messenger say that to Joshua? Because I think there's that tendency. He's, he's taking on a big job. He's been an assistant. Now he's the leader, and he's leading people into this pro- something that God's promised them. That's a big deal. And when you lead somebody to the Lord, that's a big deal. 
Man, when somebody's addicted to something, you pray for them and it breaks that addiction, that's a big deal. That's an honor that we get to be a part of helping and, and laying hands on people and seeing God restore people. That's a big deal. Joshua knew it was a big deal. I think there's a little bit of apprehension. But God, but God is so amazing. He says, be strong and of good courage. He says, only be strong and very courageous. And some of you, that's all you needed to hear. Some of you guys, you showed up tonight, and there's something in your life that you've been holding back, and all you need to hear is that God is telling you, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and very courageous. Because whatever it is, you have to be very courageous. It may be this. There may be somebody in your office that you know you're supposed to tell about the Lord, and you've been holding back just because you've been afraid. What are they going to think? And what if they don't respond? What if they, what if they shun me? And we allow that fear to creep in. And we're not being strong. And we're not being of good courage. But let's look at the other side. What if they receive the Lord? What if it changes their life? Let me tell you guys, I didn't come from a lineage of Christians. But let me tell you guys, my kids, that's all they know. And my kids' kids, that's all they're going to know. So because somebody was willing to fight for me and see me come to the Lord, now generations are changed. Do you, you understand that? So you going and talking to the person at your office and inviting them to church or, or praying with whatever God's put on your heart could change generations of families. Like, don't just, don't just look at it like, ah, oh, it's just them. Because it's not. Because them is attached to some more of them who maybe have some kids them. And that's some, you don't know who they're attached to. Do you understand? And all you need is to be strong and very courageous. That's all you need. Don't hold back. Man, don't hold in. Just be strong and very courageous. We cannot be afraid. And it says, do not, do not turn from the right hand to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. And this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. I love this. Because let me tell you, if you're afraid and you want to break that, meditate on God's word day and night. And if you guys, like I'm going to break down super, just super something amazing for you guys. It's either day or night. Those are our two options. And he's saying meditate on God's word day and night. So let me tell you, God's word should be rolling around you at all times. There should be something from God's word that's just kind of messing with you. It could be something you read that morning. It could be something that you heard pastor preach. It could be something that somebody shared. But God's word, should, you just got to be meditating. It's just kind of stirring on the inside of me. Let me tell you, you won't be afraid very long. Let me tell you, you won't, but you got to meditate on it day and night. Let me break that down one more time. That's all the time. Because it's either day or the sun goes down and then it's night and meditate some more. So let me just challenge you guys. If you're afraid, jump in God's word. Because I know it, from the outside, people might think, oh, that's not big of a deal. But whatever it is, if, if there's a little bit of, it's okay. But be strong and be very courageous. Don't hold back. It could affect generations of people. It could affect generations of people that you love and, and maybe people that you're very, very close to. So be strong and be very courageous. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Isn't that cool? Like God's commanding us to be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Why would you be afraid? The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When I was a little kid, my dad was like bar fight tough, you know, like he beat people up, you know, he didn't know the Lord. And whenever I went with my dad, I just felt safe. I don't know if my son feels the same way around me, I hope so, but I know I just felt safe. I'm with my pops. I'm good. 
And the Bible is literally saying, it's saying, say, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Why would you be afraid? Why would you allow the enemy to, to convince you that it's not going to happen or, or to be afraid when God's with you, when your dad is standing with you? Why would we ever be afraid? Why would we allow the enemy to, to come in and mess with us? Wherever you go. Wherever you go. Some of you guys, God's called you to go to some places that may be very difficult. He's, he'll be with you. He'll be with you wherever you go. There may be people that you have to help and that God's called you to help that no one else is even willing to help and no one else has even been willing to, to step in. He'll be with you. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? He says, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Your dad's with you. Father God, the God of this universe, the God who created everything, the God who created you, he's with you wherever you go. You can't be afraid. Do not allow fear to stop you any longer. Man, whatever it is, break it. Man, literally walk in and ask, I'm not afraid. Man, if you've got to call somebody, if you've got to forgive somebody, if you've got to invite somebody to church, whatever it is, whatever that thing is, the enemy is trying, break it tonight. Don't let it hold you back any longer. Don't be in darkness any longer. I'm telling you, that's all it is. Just turn a light on. Get in God's word. Let him set you free. Don't be afraid. And the last one, the fourth one is simple obedience. And listen, if you're a parent, this is what you desire in your kids. I have one daughter. I'm not going to name her, but she questions a lot. She wants reason behind go to bed. Whatever the, whatever the thing she needs to obey is, she's got to, either that or she tries to like, we're like, yeah, we're going to go to bed, but we, can't we? Or you just want, sometimes you just want good night. You know, like, hey, it's time to go to bed. Good night. I love you. Come in. Bring it in. You can stay up later. That was great. Good job. Whatever it is, you know, because simple obedience, there's something about that that is just like, oh, that's perfect. And it's just what God desires from us. And I'm going I'm to talk about a story most of you guys have heard here, but, you know, it comes down to obedience. And sometimes it's different. Sometimes what God asks you to do isn't what he's asked anybody else to do before. And Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, says, Now Jericho was securely shut up, because of the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. They were, they were fearful because they knew God's people were coming, but they knew they can't get through our walls. We're good. And verse 2 says, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Now he knows. Joshua knows when God says it's yours, it's yours. You remember that when he went into Canaan and he knew that God had said that it was his, so he was good. He said, you know, it looks good. He knows when God says it's his, it's his. And it says, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. So he's got warriors, right? They've been taking city after city. And God's saying, stop. Here's what we're going to do this time. For the next six days, once a day, I want your men that you've trained for battle just to stroll around the city. Just take a walk around the city. Now, Amanda Joshua's thinking, okay, God, let me get this right. We're not going to try and, like, knock this wall down, climb the wall. You know, you don't have some cool way to boost us over the wall. You're saying you want my men who are prepared for battle, just walk around. Just walk around. And I'm thinking, good, better Joshua than me, because I think I might have had some questions. And then it goes on to say, verse 4, And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of rams, 
horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Okay, okay, Joshua, you got this? And it's not like God can say, remember what I did in Genesis. God's never done this before. So here's what God's saying. For six days in a row, walk around once. Seventh day, seven times. Make it easy for him. Like, right, seventh day, seven times, okay? People are going to blow some instruments. You're going to yell, and the wall's going to fall down. See, we hadn't seen this before. But I heard this while I was at a church down in Dallas, and this lady said, you know, when, when, when God's people needed water, God told Moses to hit the rock. Moses hit it, water. The second time, God told Moses to speak to the rock, but Moses just hit it twice. Water still came out. And so what Moses didn't know is that there was going to be a point in some time that he was going to need a man who would be obedient to speak to a bunch of rocks that were surrounding a city. And he needed a man who was going to be obedient enough to do it the way that he said to do it so that the victory could be for his people. But what Moses did, he did. He just, he hit it twice. Now God was still faithful. He still gave water to his people. But he needed someone like Joshua who was willing to speak to rocks. Let me tell you, when you're a warrior, I don't think you're used to just yelling and hoping to get the victory. You're used to putting your hand to something. But, but Joshua trusted God. And what Joshua did is he had simple obedience. So he looked at his men and he said, you know what, for the next six days, we're walking around once. And on the seventh day, we're going to walk around seven days. Y'all going to yell. I mean, we're going to yell like we've never yelled before. And those walls are going to come down. And when those walls come down, we're going to go in and we're going to take everyone out. And he did it. And the walls came down. And they took the land. And all I could think was, would I have been that obedient? Because it's a fun story to think about. And it's a fun story to write songs about. But put yourself in Joshua's shoes. God told you to do something like that. Would you have done it? Would you have just said, yeah, God, I'm in? God's looking for simple obedience. And sometimes it's not walking around a building six times, but sometimes it is. And sometimes it's just saying, whatever you want, God, whatever you want. Because at the end of the day, we just want to reach God's people. And we want to do whatever it takes. And we want to simply obey. Joshua chapter 6 verse 20 said, so the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him and they took the city. And they took the city and let me tell you, when I read that story I just think God's amazing. I don't think Joshua's amazing. I think God's amazing. I think God set it up to show my people I'm willing to do whatever. Show my people that if there's walls in their lives, sometimes they just got to yell and I'll knock them down. Because I'm telling you guys, sometimes we get frustrated in life and we shout and we get mad and we yell. And I'm telling you, store some of that up so that you can shout at the walls in your life. So you can shout at the strongholds that are coming up in your life and you just yell at them. And, And maybe it's a verse and maybe it's just the name of Jesus. Because let me tell you that the name of Jesus is above everything, which means it's above sickness, which means it's above addiction. It's above whatever you're going through. The name of Jesus is above that. And sometimes we just need to yell that. Sometimes we just got to yell the name of Jesus. What do you see? 
What has God set before you? What's your promised land? What are you supposed to be doing? What are you supposed to be taking? Where have you seen giants? And instead, you need to be seeing the milk and the honey. Who are you serving? And who's God put on your heart? And it may be an area in this church and and you've been fighting it, but you know you're supposed to do it. You know you're supposed to step up and take over an area and, and look at pastor and just say, what do you need me to do? Just need to be an assistant. That's what Joshua was. An assistant is not, it's not an amazing title, but God can use assistants to do amazing things. How many of you guys have been afraid? You've just been walking around in fear. And God is saying, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear. And God hasn't put that on you. It's power, love, and a sound mind. That's what God's put on you. But you've been stuck. And you've allowed that fear to kind of hold you back. Here's what I know. Everybody in this room has a call of God on their life. And God's not hiding it from you. God desires nothing more for everyone in this room to fulfill exactly why he put them on this planet. Are you willing to fight for it? Are you willing to seek it out? Are you willing to, to when you see giants, just, I'm not looking. I'm looking at what God's promised me. I'm looking at what God's called me to do. And then the last one is, are you willing to simply obey? For some of you, maybe giving your life to Jesus. That may be the simple obedience you got to do tonight. Maybe you've walked away and you just got to come back to Jesus. That may be the start of your simple obedience, saying, Jesus, you're the Lord. Which in essence means, Jesus, you're the boss. You can look at it either way you want to. Jesus, you're in charge now. That may be your simple obedience. Your simple obedience may just be stepping up and saying, yeah, I'm in. Because let me tell you, what God wants to use is the local church to reach his people. I know that more than anything. In the last 14 years, I've learned God wants to use a group of people like this to reach a city just like this. But you've got to simply obey. You've got to do what God's called you to do. You've got to step up and do your part. That's all I did. I just showed up to Guts and said, what do you need help? Where do you need help? What do you want me to do? And let me tell you, I've been involved in the youth for the last 14 years. It's been amazing. And there's... I'm being moved a little bit right now and there's a little bit of faith and there's a little bit of, a, of, of taking steps and, but I'm so excited because I know God has great things in store for me. Let's all bow our heads in here this evening. Father God, we love you. God, our greatest desires is to know you and to make you known. God, I thank you that you begin to show us new things. God, that you, you may begin to show us things that maybe we've even hidden in our hearts. God, that it's been a while that we've even seen them because we didn't respond or, or because we were afraid. God, bring those things back to the surface. God, because we're not too old. God, because it hasn't been too long. If you're sitting in here tonight and your life's not right with God for whatever reason, we've walked away from the Lord or Maybe you've just never confessed Jesus. And tonight you're just saying, I just want to get back on track. I just want it to be all about Jesus again. And, and what I love about God is he's not the God of a second chance. He's the God of another chance and another and another. So you haven't messed up too many times. Or maybe you're in here and 
God's called you to do something, but you just haven't simply obeyed. You've allowed fear. You've seen giants. And listen, for some of you guys, it may be in your health. You've seen the giants of the report, and it's been difficult to see God's word through that. But I'm telling you, see his promise today. Don't see the giants. Don't see all the peripheral things. See what God's word has said and choose that. Choose that promise. Choose health. Choose freedom. Choose peace. Some of you guys have been dealing with anxiety and depression. It's got to be done. It's got to be over. Choose. He, he wants to set you free so much. So much more than you could ever imagine. And all I'm going to ask you to do tonight is I'm just going to ask you, if you would like prayer, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Maybe you've been afraid. Maybe, maybe God's called you to do something and and you just don't know the next step, or you just you just haven't obeyed because of fear. Or maybe you're in here, you just need to get your life right with God again. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just lift it up in here tonight. God bless you. 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 I think it's